Welcome to Colonial Church's Deep Dive series. These sessions are meant to act as a companion to our messages, where we speak to our pastors about what went into the creation of the messages, flesh out some of the larger points, and get insight into what they hope some of the takeaways are, while also getting a preview of what's to come. If you haven't already listened to the companion message, we highly recommend doing so beforehand. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy these and grow in them. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Deep Dive. Chris here with Pastor Matt and Tommy again. And today we are talking about the second message in the Proximity series, which is called Up Close and Personal. And I'm just going to go ahead and start us off. Pastor Matt, you started with what I would guess would be considered the cornerstone verse for this message, which came out of Acts. Acts chapter 9, 1 through 9, which is actually Saul's encounter with the Holy Spirit, like his conversion moment. That, to me, is one of the most powerful moments in all of Scripture, and I know that's saying a lot. I'm sure people would argue with me on it, but <laughs> it's it's incredible. Yep. Like I've always found that moment of conversion, and yep. it's just awesome. So let's talk about that. Why that part? Um, yeah, so uh, back to sort of the framework of the series is proximity, um, and this was part two. But what I want to do, wanted to do with this series was try to look at instances in Scripture where we see people have up close and, and personal encounters with God. And um, I mean, like this, yeah, like you say, I mean, this is, a, you know, a, a very personal text for you. And it is for, I think, for anyone who's a believer um, would look at this encounter and, and say the same. But yeah, this is an example in Scripture of a powerful proximity moment encounter with God and um, and essentially being, you know, completely changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, so yeah, that's why I used it. That's why I believe God wanted to, to use it in the message. Um, yeah, I feel like it spoke powerfully. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think, like I said, I find it to be one of the most powerful moments in all of Scripture, so it definitely spoke to me, but I think you're right. It probably speaks to a lot of people who've encountered, who've had radical encounters like that. Um, yeah. Maybe not light pouring around them in all mm. uh, instances, but there is a feeling sometimes whenever someone is... Uh, saved or, you know, comes to the revelation of Christ, like that is that kind of moment. Like every moment should be that powerful, I guess, yep. when we encounter God like that. Yeah, and like I was even thinking about just the, you know, because in Scripture there's always messaging that, that we're getting from from God in Scripture. And I, and I went back and I looked at the conversion in the book of Acts, and it's actually mentioned three times in Acts 9, Acts 22, Acts 26, three different occasions. And I felt like God just said to me, he was just like, that alone is why, it's almost like a reminder, you know, keep going back to your conversion, you know, keep going back to that, like that time, you know, um, where you encountered God for the very first time. Like it's powerful. It's to me, it says a lot that it's, it was mentioned three times in the book of, it's mentioned three times in the book of Acts. Um, so we see a repeat in scripture. Mm-hmm of the telling of that story. And I think for my own life and for everyone else's life, it should be something that we return to and talk about yeah. and, um, and remember, which is, which is cool. The idea that if it weren't, if it wasn't rather for this moment of conversion with Saul, who then became Paul, yeah. like what would Christianity and the world for that matter yeah. look like? Like this is such a big moment and mm. all it is is him drawing close to God. Yeah. And you have to then think about his life, at least for me, I, I began thinking about his life prior to this moment. And it's like, okay, 
So was he then like he he thought he was right, like mm. persecuting Christians and believers of the way he was like, no, this is these guys are blasphemers. Mm. They're going against what what you know the Abrahamic text tells me is right. So he knew he was right, but then yeah. to have that moment of like a real life physical encounter with the living God, and he's like, okay, everything I thought was right mm. is still right, but now there's more. Like yeah. this part is still now right. So. Yeah, just just reminds us all that an encounter with Jesus changes everything. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I pray that's what kind of that's the message of the series. Really, that's the headline: is a, you know an encounter in close proximity with God changes your life. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool. It's really good. For me, I feel like the thing that kind of like stuck out, which you talked about a decent amount, maybe we'll crack into it a little bit more. Ananias. Yeah. Just like yeah, a, a legend, right? But so we're talking right now about how there's a moment when you have proximity with with Paul and Jesus had proximity right there. Mm-hmm. But what Ananias had was like continual proximity mm-hmm. because there's no other way that you would be like comfortable saying, yeah, I'll go visit this guy who like legitimately wants to murder me. Yeah. Like there's no way in that scenario without being that close to God. Yeah, that's actually a brilliant point. Like Ananias, he was a disciple. So it says in the text, like there was a disciple um, in Damascus named Ananias. So that implies, if it says that, that implies that you're right. He he had proximity. Mm-hmm. He was a disciple. He, he'd drawn close in the faith to Jesus. He was a follower of the way. Um and a continuing proximity has caused him now to have this in, another encounter with God, causing him to do this, mm-hmm. and just really be a conduit of of the plan of God. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, I love how in that part, in a lot of parts of Scripture, when people hear like a direct voice from God um, and have like a kind of a commandment pressed on them, or God asks them to do something, if they question Him or question that commandment, there's always kind of like a fallout. But in this case there wasn't, there was like a, no, just trust me, you know, just do this. Cause he did question it. And rightfully so, like we said, this man had been persecuting and killing Christians mm-hmm. left and right. And, and Ananias is like, you want me to go where <laughs> yeah, and yeah. do what with who? Yeah, <laughs> Like that had to be just overwhelming. And then mm-hmm. I, th- I think you said it right when you said he's underrated because the faith that it took to be like, all right, you're here, you're with me. Let's yeah. go do this, you know? And then you, you emphasized it, the, brother Saul, like the welcoming. Yeah, that was immediately. good. That was good. It's yeah. like, you are no longer estranged from me. You are family. And yeah. I thought that part, and it all goes back to this, this idea of like proximity causes us all to come together. We're not just mm. drawing closer to God. We're drawing closer to one another as believers. And that's what I took away from it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at the response from Ananias to, to God's um, vision um, or, or instruction, there's actually nothing in the text that says that he like argued with God about mm-hmm. it. It was more of just like, um, you know, I talked about clarity today. Like, mm-hmm. listen to what he says. It says, but but he answered, Lord, I have heard. So he declares, first of all, like, like your God, yeah, which is important. And he just says, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he, here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. So he doesn't question God. Okay. He doesn't like mm-hmm. argue with God. He mm-hmm. just first of all, I love that he says Lord. So it sort of sets up kind of the the dynamic. Um, but then he just kind of goes on to sort of say like I've heard about this guy, and I think yeah, it's definitely implying um, uncertainty, you <laughs> yes, know, <and> fear <laughs> or uh, or fear. But I just love that you know he's just kind of he's just a dedicated disciple. 
Um, and then I think God just gives him sort of uh, uh, an insane amount of clarity about yeah. why God's doing this and talks about Paul being a chosen instrument, talks about, um, you know, more than one people group, not just the people of Israel, but also the Gentiles, mm-hmm. um, you know, how this is for them as well. And I think in that moment, um, that would have just, the weight of that would have dawned like crazy on Ananias, like, wow, like the God of the ages is mm-hmm. just asking me to go do this so that the whole world can be saved. Yeah. Pretty powerful. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, I think we could probably sit here for an hour just dissecting all these awesome, powerful moments in the scripture. Um, but alas, let's move on to some other stuff, I think. <laughs> you had alas. three... But alas. But alas. You had three really awesome points today. Um, and the first one I wanted you to talk about was um, the idea that proximity produces light. Yes. Let's talk about that for a little cool. bit. What do you mean by that? Um, okay, so I'm using kind of the example we see in the text where it's like the light shone all around him. Mm-hmm. Um, says suddenly a light shone, shone all around him. And, um, you know, just taking the simplicity of that, like closeness to God, God meets um, Paul or Saul. They're, they're there in that moment and there's light. And when you think about it, because we see so many, so much other um, references to light in scripture, especially in John, especially in other parts of the New Testament, um, even what was prophesied about Jesus, that he would be a light to man, uh, mankind. It just, to me, like proximity to God leads us to a place where we really don't, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. The closer you get to God, the more light you shine mm-hmm. um, for him. And so I kind of wanted to go there because I think that's sort of like the first implication, the first thing we see in the text, the first consequence of, of him meeting with God, getting in close proximity is this light. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just sort of extrapolated that into our own walk walk with God. So I talked mm-hmm. about how light light's all encompassing. I talked about like, um, you know, how close proximity, it produces light. But that light then becomes, you know, something that shines in and through us. And so, um, you know, and I think it's truth as well that that, that, that reflection um, gets stronger. You know, it's not our light, it's his light, but it's reflected in us and through us. And so the closer we get to God, um, you know, the, the, more, the more the light shines yeah. and the brighter it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does proximity do? What does it produce in our life? It's just started there. It produces light. And that light is, um, you know, is, is there for a reason. Yeah. yeah. I liked how you were describing the light as loud as well. Yeah. Like I thought that was a really like strong, like light. I think what I write down, like light speaks loudly, you know, mm-hmm. just like combining these two senses. But I think it's accurate. Yeah, 100%. I kept getting this visual image of like, so, and it may be because of the fact that the the graphic for this series looks like a gravity well, but I kept thinking about a black hole in the sense of like, we know like a black hole is like one of the most, if not the most powerful thing in the like physical universe. And it literally will suck light into it. But this is the complete opposite of that. Like mm. an encounter with God, there's light everywhere. <laughs> Are you laughing at my black hole reference? No, I was about to say something dumb, <laughs> like a white hole. But that- <laughs> <laughs> No white hole. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we're going to I just tried to get away from the mic before I started laughing. No, that was good. That was good. All right. The second point that you brought up today was, um, and you talked about this already a little bit, but proximity produces clarity. Yes. And you said, this I thought was really awesome. You said, God will always show you more of himself when you get in close to him. 
Let's talk mm. about that for a minute. How does that work? Um, okay, so again, going back to the text, um, Paul asks a clarifying question. He's Saul. He asks, like, who are you, Lord? Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, I'm just sort of drawing on the, the direct response from Jesus. He just says, I am Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, again, like taking that idea of close proximity, what happens when we do that and, and we draw close to God, he clarifies who he is. He clarifies what he's saying. He clarifies um, uh, what his plan is, what his mm-hmm. purpose is. And so I, I was really encouraged by that. By the fact that, like Jesus, in other other you know parts of our Bibles, and especially in the Gospels, talks about parables. He, he always talks in these kind of riddles um, to to help people understand. But I just love the directness of the language in the text. Um, and so, what does proximity do? It produces clarity, helps us understand clearly what God has for us, what mm-hmm. He means for us. Um, I think that comes back to identity. You know, the closer we are, the more we understand who we are in God, who we are in Christ. Um, the closer we are, the more we get a clear picture of His calling in our life. The closer the proximity, um, the greater the, um, just the greater the sense of purpose. And so, um, so yeah, again, coming close means the the, the production of uh, of clarity. And I just love that word. I feel like that was kind of a word for this morning that mm-hmm. God gave me across our church was just like clarity. So you know, are you do you not have a, have a clear sense of what God has for you? Well, let's pray and believe He's going to give you clarity as you draw close. And so yeah. that was cool in that prayer moment at the end to sort of yeah, zero in on that. So, yeah. yeah. I know we talked about this last time, but I feel like we can't step away from this during this entire series. Like, how do we, in this regard, to seek clarity and to find clarity, like, how do we draw closer? Like, what are some of the best ways to do that? Um, yeah. So like last week I talked about like, you know, um, things like just showing up to church, Mm -hmm. showing up to church often. It's so simple, but it's so important. Um, because really it's in church that you get kind of like this, this, this great sort of buffet, if you think about it, um, in one, one standing, Mm -hmm. like one standing moment, one hour of on a Sunday or, you know, I've never heard church is a buffet. Well, if you think about it, I'm just using like, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but like, like in our personal lives, sometimes we have prayer time. Other times we'll have reading time, yeah, study yeah. time. If you think about it in church, it's kind of like this, uh, this all in one, like you get worship, you get, pr- you get prayer, you get, um, you get the opportunity to be in his presence. You get to hear the word, like, you know, your kids benefit. So that's one practical way to, to get proximity. I think our own personal devotion is, is absolutely critical mm-hmm. um we've got to prioritize god we've got to have him in the right order um but yeah i mean things like that can can really help i kind of like it that 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 in the text we see paul was completely arrested by god like in the sense that we don't hear of him like going to any parties we don't hear you know we don't, don't read about him doing anything he's blind he's he, he can't do anything and it's and in a sense, like sometimes in life we need to let distractions go, mm-hmm. let all the things around us sort of fade and just focus on, you know, our relationship with God. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's good. realistically in this, after this moment of encounter and conversion that occurs with Saul and he then becomes Paul, we don't, the only thing we know about him after that is like he goes out and starts the church. 
essentially, right? Like there's not there's nothing else. And I think it's really interesting because you pointed this out. Like he was an elite Roman citizen. Yeah. And so there there was a lifestyle and like mm-hmm. a sense of privilege that he was he just didn't even phase him to give it up. Like he threw it to the side and was like, Nope, this is where I'm at. Yeah. This is what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. And that you want to talk about clarity. Like mm-hmm. that is a clarity of purpose that I think we could only I I wish for, you know, hope for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's good. You know, I kind of just want to add on to that as well. Like, um, you know, I like to challenge our church to think about themselves as conduits and instruments, you know, that God's using. Mm-hmm. And so I did that in, in that in that second part of the series. Uh, sorry, second part of the, the message. Talking about clarity, I sort of said, you know, do, do you see yourself as a a person that God could use to bring clarity about himself to others. So for example, um, you could be someone that brings about kind of like a God clarity to someone who maybe doesn't believe yet, maybe someone who has questions, maybe someone who is a believer but is questioning. You have the ability and I have the ability because of our close proximity to bring clarity to other people. So for example, someone in your world might say, you know, what's all this Jesus about? Who, who is Jesus? And you might you might have the opportunity to bring clarity in that moment to that person. Mm. Um, same with like just people, I believe, searching. I think I think our world is searching for answers, and we can. And, and, and what essentially are we called to do? I think we're called to to shine a light on the answer, bring clarity, you know, to to what some of those questions are. Um, so just just a thought there, but I think clarity is pa- powerful here because we see the scales fall from Paul's eyes. We see his, his, his mission sort of implanted in him and, um, you know, he gets that missional clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what does proximity do? I, be- I believe it produces clarity. It helps us understand. Clarity is simply just having a clearness to what's ahead mm-hmm. and God wants to give it to you. Yeah. But it only comes through proximity. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's good. <laughs> so, all right. So then let's sum it up a little bit. So the first one, proximity produces light. And then all of that goodness was just one point. That was just proximity producing clarity, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal on its own. But then you landed on proximity produces faith. Yes. And this is where we started talking about Ananias in, in the message. And um, So yeah, let's just get into that a little bit and dive. So yeah, diving into this, proximity produces faith. So... Um, if you look at the response from both Saul and Ananias, you know, faith is basically the prevailing thing that, that happens here. If you look at um, God needed Ananias to go, um, and it was faith that produced that. So Ananias had to have faith in what God had said to him, mm-hmm. a belief that he'd spoken. Um, so there was faith there, um, which again... We don't have much to go off, but all we know is he was a disciple um, at Damascus. So he was a committed follower of Jesus. So therefore, you know, he had close proximity. Mm-hmm. And so I believe proximity then produces the faith to go do that. And then if you look at um, Ananias's, um, sorry, Saul's response to this was um, was a faith that, that rose to the extent that changed the world. Mm. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I wanted to go was just like we see Paul 
Saul becoming Paul and changing the world for the gospel. And in the same way, God wants to, to, to use us as his chosen instrument in the world that we are in to carry his name like Paul did in mm-hmm. his world. And so for me, whether I work in a bank or I'm just at home or, you know, if I'm, you know, uh, coaching my kid's football team, whatever <laughs> it is, my proximity to God can produce a faith that changes the world that I live in. And, um, I mean, you look at the faith that produced in Ananias, look at what it mm-hmm. did to Paul. Um, you know, time and time again, you know, we get encouragement from the scriptures because we see people coming into contact with God in a close proximity, changing their lives, and then going out from there, changing the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked at one point, I think in this part of the message, you said uh, <clears throat> you were sent by God to carry his name. And it's kind of like, that's really the only thing God asks of us whenever we do have this encounter with him. And I think that's really cool because that, again, goes back to this idea of clarity. Like we have one job, mm. <laughs> you know, like there's there's not like a variance and, and it's everybody's job. Like yeah. there is no changing it, you know? So yeah. I think that's really powerful. And it is, again, it goes back to this idea of like faith, which then goes back to the, the light thing. It's like we are all meant to be mirrors of God's love and light in the mm. world. And drawing closer to him in some sense is like keeping your mirrors polished because mm. we know what those mirrors look like when we let them, you know, fall to the wayside and we walk away from God. They're not very good mirrors. Totally. Mm-hmm. So we're not good reflectors yeah. of that yeah. light and love. That's awesome. I like how you, um, you were talking about looking at, uh, basically Ananias and Paul at this point are now looking at things through the lens of faith, right? Yeah. And you had, and you kind of described it in this way of, uh, get the names right, you know, because in the middle of this conversion, so Saul's old eyes would have been gone at this mm-hmm. point. Like during those three days that yep. he was blind, they were just done. And when he reopened these eyes, he's now looking at everything through a new lens, through mm-hmm. this lens of faith and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the, uh, I think the, the, the cool thing there is we see, you know, like in scripture, there's always a natural conversation we're reading about, but there's also a spiritual application or a spiritual conversation happening. And that's really what we see in the text. We see the eyes. This, it says like scales, so it's not mm-hmm. talking about actual scales. Um, that's important distinction. So it's not like actual scales fell off his eyes. It, yeah, was, eyes it says scab over. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It says like scales fell. And that's just an example for us in Scripture to, to understand like, yeah, like naturally this is what happened, but spiritually this is what happened is that he was given new eyes, mm-hmm. eyes of faith through 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 the lens of faith. Now he looks um, into the world and, you know, it's 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 powerful. And I think that's exactly what God wants to do. He wants to, he wants to give us, um, you know, eyes of faith. So everything we look at, we look through... Um, and faith is simply just believing in something you don't necessarily see. So it's cool when you got eyes of faith because you see stuff and you're like, man, like I, I see what I see what God's best is for that, that for that life, for that person, for that situation, for that circumstance, um, for that project. Um, you know, I want to. I'm encouraged as well from this message just to have more eyes of faith, like like better vision when it comes to faith. Um, I think it's our human nature sometimes to like lower things, mm-hmm. you know, and just like bring things down and just say, oh man, like, you know, that's whatever. Um, but God's calling us to to see things through these eyes. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, he's a God who makes all things new. He's a God who does, you know, the impossible. 
um, and he wants to do that with my life and your mm-hmm. life. So, mm-hmm. I think what you just said there, like he's a God that does the impossible. Like this whole story, again, back to this like cornerstone scripture for this message is kind of a story of the impossible because there is like no way that any believer at the time would have been like, yeah, Saul of Tarsus, he's going to be like the main guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is gone. Yeah. He's going to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine like showing up to like a, a gathering like, hey, yeah. I got this I got this idea. What about Saul? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not <laughs> they, like chipping names around. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. So what are, what, are you, what are your thoughts on Saul? Yeah. Um, How's that guy holding up in the yeah. our eyes? He's not like third round, fourth round. Fifth, he's nothing. Like yeah. he's not there at all. <laughs> like, please don't mention his name yeah, in the conversation. That's right. So that's awesome. Well, I think this was, uh, again, like a really awesome word that you brought to the church today. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to talk about before we uh, say goodbye for this afternoon? No, just excited for um, for, for the rest of this series. Um, excited for 2020. This series is really going to set up our year um, as a church. And, um, you know, hey, we're blessed. We, we You know, I feel like we're already getting so much um, encouragement from God's word. Uh, this year and so if you haven't listened to the message please go ahead and listen to it um really believe god will speak to you through it and i'm um, excited for brendan brown tonight um so people who listen to this obviously this will be after he's come and spoke but i just have faith for tonight I think his message will go online too yeah we'll get his message <laughs> yeah. up too and um yeah excited for the rest of the series and um yeah 2020 is gonna gonna be a good year yeah let's do it all right pumped let's go (laughs) (laughs) we hope that you got something from that and it challenges you to grow please share it with someone who needs to hear it and reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the message and this session until next time god bless hope you enjoyed that deep dive just also wanted to invite you to subscribe to my brand new leadership podcast called leadership with matt mcclory super excited for you to subscribe to that and listen in as we always look for practical opportunities and instruction from god's word to grow our leadership in life so every different area and there's always opportunities and ways to grow so subscribe to that check it out matt mcclory leadership